0: Become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. true believers,
1: I know what you are thinking, where the hell have the Mulberry boys been? I know, right? I mean there's been a new Blade Runner film and the new freaking Star Wars trailer came out and you've heard nothing from these dudes. Well fear not.
2: They're here and they are ready to get their film, television and pop culture on.
1: film, Film,
0: television, pop culture. It's where you find it. to another exciting episode of entertainment landfill news i am your host the jaystrom i don't do the show alone i'm not here by myself i'm not sad and lonely no i have steven the pop culture Ellen. hey what's happening hey oh hi steven sad and lonely though oh just kidding yay, yay. This is ETL episode 46, Stephen. Now, just to give people an idea of how long we've been gone, our last episode was on September 19th. It is now October 13th. Almost a month. So, uh, you know, one week, Friday, it was Heather's birthday. Another week, you were at a concert. Another week, Heather and... No, wait, what happened Friday? Heather went to, and Emma went to Washington, Uh D.C., and you
1: were at your high school reunion. Yes, I had my high school reunion. Now, what was that like? Interesting.
0: (laughs) Have you been to another high school reunion? I went to the 10-year. And this was the...
1: Do I have to say it? 30. It was 30 years. (laughs) Oh,
0: wow. So the 10-year was quite a while ago. Yes. And so it's like another chapter in everyone's lives from the last time you saw them.
1: Yeah. Everybody just then was having kids. Now they have grandchildren.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) What is there? Anybody you saw where you're like, Oh my God. They're like, so Uh, there's a
1: few of those that are just kind of
0: like, Holy shit. Wow. wow. Was there anyone was like, this person hasn't aged a day.
1: Yeah. There's a, there were a couple of those as well. Uh, this guy, Mike from high school, obviously. And, uh, he, he, no grays, he's full hair, he looks just like he did back in high school, little, a little heavier. Is you he know. A v-
0: vampire? Uh, maybe I think so. <laughs> uh, Hello, Steven. The exchange student from Transylvania, I remember that guy. He has an aged a day. Why weren't you at today's meet and greet? Oh, I couldn't make it. It was daylight. It was daylight. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But would you say it was a fun experience or mostly uncomfortable experience?
1: Um, I didn't mind. It was fine. Yeah, it was okay.
0: Okay, I've just got to ask this. Were there any girls that you kind of thought were cute and stuff back in high school, but now you saw them and you were like, rekindled old feelings? Or you were like, oh my god. Um...
1: Nothing rekindled old feelings. <laughs> like,
0: but, uh, my my yeah. lost love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no lost love. But was there uh, anywhere way There like, were a couple that are like, yeah, there was, you know,
0: she was the popular girl. She Avoided was, that train wreck. Was there any... Yeah.
1: A couple of train wrecks.
0: Not to be mean, I'm just saying, you know.
1: I mean, when they're, they're now grandmas, you know, it's Yeah. Like,
0: that's pretty crazy. Are there any that were like, oh, they went the, um, like, homemaker route? Or not that that's bad, but I'm just saying...
1: Um, I, I didn't talk with everyone. You know, there were some that I talked to. Um, we have one that's an evangelist.
0: An evangelist? Yes. Wow.
1: She took after her father. Huh. Does all this... Religious stuff, you know.
0: Did you know her back in school?
1: A, a bit. I knew her a little, yeah.
0: Was she religious then, or...
1: Yeah, yeah. She was... Her sister was the wild... There were... T- you know, there's two daughters of this religious... One girl.
0: rebelled, the other one... Right. ...was daddy's little girl. Yes. <laughs> she uh, followed the family business, I yes. guess. Uh, anybody surprisingly successful, you know? Not that... I'm not trying to be like... uh Materialistic or one-dimensional. I'm just like out of curiosity. You know how sometimes there might be a famous person in the class or no something famous like that.
1: People. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy is in LA trying to be an actor. You mm-hmm. know, 30 years later, still. You know. Mm-hmm. Done,
0: <laughs> He's you like, know. "Have you seen any anything I've done?" I was yeah. Like, no, I have not. Uh. I think
1: he was like on the dating game. You know, oh. the usual rounds trying to to
0: get your SAG card. You go on a game show or something. Yeah.
1: So he's done some of that. And I think he had, and and again, this was like, I can't remember, um, uh, Brooke, Brooke Shields show years and years. This is like 10. Suddenly
0: if, Susan, maybe? Maybe. He had a walk-on
1: <laughs> roll on that years and years
0: nice. ago. Nice.
1: If I remember right, I think that's At this it, point. That was he, like in the 10 year. But
0: he's still trying to live the dream. He's I guess still so. He hasn't given up. Yeah, I think so. Well, that's good. Uh, you I said mean, also, didn't you go to a dinner?
1: Like, uh, yeah, the next the the first night we they first night it was the homecoming football game, mm-hmm. and then everybody met at a bar, uh, down in in Burleson. Okay, and we stayed there. You know, from like it was nine till whenever, right? Till it closed. If you wanted to stay. Did
0: anybody look like? ooh, that guy looks like he likes drinking quite a bit. He's like, hey, I remember it, back in science
1: class, there was. Um, the guy who we went to the party's house. Mm-hmm. Um, he had parties weekends. He was the rich kid. His parents were gone, and we partied at his house.
0: Right? Was he and on the his sauce? older
1: brother shows up at our reunion. Ah, and it's like, um, and he comes in. I don't know if he's just got money, or if he's got parents' money still, but yeah. He's trying to buy shots for everybody, you know? It's like, yeah, I've outgrown the shots. (laughs) Dude, whiskey,
0: come on! I'm not 20 years old anymore. (laughs) It's like, dude, drinking makes me sleepy. (laughs) I've got to work tomorrow or something like that.
1: But, no, it was, yeah, that one, it was, uh, yeah, just the one dude that was still the crazy party guy. Mm Mm-hmm. But he wasn't in my grade. He was a grade above or two grades above. I don't remember.
0: So would you and say then, you had fun? Yeah.
1: And then one of the girls, she owns, her and her husband own a putt-putt, or maybe two. I don't remember. Cool. So she owns the one up by us over there by across from Northeast Mall.
0: Nice. The one with go-karts. Uh-huh. I've been there.
1: So her and her hus- husband own that, and I guess maybe another one, but she, I think she grew up... Her dad used to build them, she told me.
0: Oh, and wow. she worked
1: at one. And then now she owns one or two.
0: Were people complimentary towards you? Were they like, oh, Stephen! Looking good, looking young, or... Yeah. I mean, everybody was nice. There was no like, everybody. Jesus, Steven You fat... F- <laughs> you've, aged, <laughs> you've aged 30 years since I've seen you last.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was one guy that I was like... It's like, I, I then then saw I, you
0: 30 years ago
1: <laughs> yeah one guy that I, I ran around with a little bit in high school not a lot you know but uh, would go to his house and party again you know and uh, he came up and he's like he introduced himself and I didn't hear him we were at the bar end the first night and then I, I had to listen again and he introduced himself to somebody else. I was like holy shit that's so and so you know and it's like He's, you know, completely bald. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't have recognized him, you know? Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah.
0: I'm always curious about, you know, not just high school. I mean, I didn't exactly enjoy high school, but I, a lot of schools I went to and then we'd move during the year and I'd start, I'd be the new kid at a different school but I wonder what some kids I knew in elementary school or middle school look like yeah. now that I didn't know in high school. And uh, for instance, you know uh, Scotty, who I know on Facebook, or I call him the Rondu, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because his last name is Scott. Everyone called him Scotty. You know, when he found me, he was showing me different people we went to school with uh, when I lived in California, and I thought that was pretty crazy. Seeing, yeah. like you said, like completely bald friends who lost all their hair or whatever. It's just strange to see people you or, knew when they were completely kids.
1: Gray headed.
0: and Yeah. Yeah. The went gray and everything. Like for instance, Ron, when I knew him in the seventh grade, he sprouted up. Like he, uh, was taller than all of us and he looked huge uh-huh. and he started getting like a little bit of a mustache. And it was just bizarre because we were still like scrawny kids and stuff. But he literally stopped growing at like 5'2 or something because he stayed that height from seventh grade, and now I'm like, you know, six two and a half, yeah. and I would, I'm like, tower over him. But at the time when we were in seventh grade, it's like, whoa, he's so tall. But it's like, this is where I'm stopping. You yeah. know, this is the extent
1: of that, my growth. That is something I noticed because I mean, I'm not small anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I was a little puny kid in high school. I mean, I was barely a hundred pounds when I started high school, and a couple of people I thought were big, and I walk up next to him and I'm like. I stand taller than them, and I'm—I kind of look thicker than them. I'm like, "Yeah, these guys are runts,
0: A little pit squeak. little
1: uh, My buddy Mark, his twin brother, was there, and I always thought he was big in high school. He's a power lifter and all this stuff, and I thought he was huge. I walked up to him, you know, and he's like five foot five and little, you know, he's. He's cut down because now he's doing all the CrossFit stuff, so he's tiny. You know? it's <laughs> like, he looks like he weighs 130 pounds. I'm like, okay, I can pick you up and toss you, it looks like. You, well, know?
0: you know, the cliche in uh, high school reunions and movies or whatever, <coughs> they always played that era's music. Did they do that? Yes, yes we So did. what kind of tunage did you just all 80s stuff? Or? Yeah, it was 80s
1: music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. do
0: oh, you forget about this. You know. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. Did everyone do that so together?
1: They, did, uh, they played, you know, Billy Idol, uh,
0: just the standard 80s bon jovi, did yeah. they get into any metal at all or uh,
1: bon jovi i guess it'd be the closest
0: uh... <laughs> you <Yeah>, have real metal this is
1: hardcore <laughs> more rockish than, than right the, right the, the new wave or so that's
0: funny though i don't know what i would do if they i did.
1: they took like clips out of the yearbook and they did a little slideshow and then they said they asked people to send in photos and
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Dave sent in you've seen the one with us all in, in high school with our mullets and mm-hmm. you know tank tops and tanned and beefed up you know? <laughs> yeah, and they posted that up, and everybody you know, claps and laughs
0: you did know, and you so. laugh at that? Or oh you? yeah, it was <laughs> hilarious. I thought it was
1: fun, you know, and they showed all of the girls because. When in my high school it was the big tall bangs that curl like a radar dish.
0: Oh yeah, like aqua to, yes. to to cement hair, you know, so it'd stick up and were,
1: so yeah, it was there was a lot of that big stick up hair and there, the girls were giggling at each other. Acid you know. wash
0: jeans.
1: yeah, yeah, acid wash Jabot.
0: Mm hmm. That's hilarious. <laughs> I remember the last time one time when I saw uh, Leonard, he said that he goes, we got the 10 year coming up at some time. And I was like, he's like, are you going? I was like, I didn't even get an invite. I mean, cause I've lived in, you know, different places. Mm-hmm. I have no connection to it anymore. I have no, uh, like I'm not on any email list, I guess. <laughs>
1: That's what they were saying. It's so hard to find people because now after 30 years, people have moved around. A yeah. They
0: moved, they got married or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Girls are harder to find cause if they've changed their last name. Yeah.
0: And, uh, when I thought about it, he was like, "I could probably you know we you know you could still go or whatever i and I was like, You know what? I'm not interested now, I don't want to. I hated high school in the first place so. if if there were
1: two or three people that you were interested in seeing and you knew that they were gonna be there, then it's worth it to go,
0: yeah, otherwise, and there were
1: probably about two or three people I kind of wanted to see, and I saw the three or four people you know whatever I wanted to see." I sat and chatted with him, and then I chatted with a few others.
0: Yeah, so anybody you were like, hey, let's exchange emails. Let's uh, you stay in touch. Well,
1: Mike, mm-hmm. Mike, I did. He, we exchanged. I he gave me his card, and so. But
0: nobody else is just like, okay, I'm good.
1: Well, I see uh, some of them I know on Facebook, and I see him occasionally around. So it's like,
0: eh. What the hell does that mean, Adam Sexton? He wrote zzzz. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking. You're, do you mean that this is a boring conversation? Is that what you're saying, Adam? Man, what a jerk! But uh, that's pretty cool. As I said, you know, I don't think I'd ever want to go to mine, but I I might want to watch a video to see. Oh, that's how everyone looks now, or something like that.
1: Like they posted on our. <laughs> we had a reunion page on Facebook, and they started. They posted photos. Oh,
0: okay. On, on that, so. Yeah, I found the the Arlington Heights uh high school one time, uh, the group on Facebook and I kind of looked around at people and I think that was enough, yeah. you know, we're just like, Oh, we okay. had
1: a Small high school. I mean, I had 250 some out of my graduating class. So it wasn't a huge.
0: Now here's a weird question. Cause you kind of have to, sometimes you might think that you might go there, but anybody not make it, if you know what I mean, because uh, they might have passed on.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We've had
0: yeah. Like, quite a few or.
1: Uh, under 10
0: was there in remembrance kind of thing or do they just they have had a no idea thing
1: up at, at the front of uh people's names on on with pictures of them on this little tree thing you know memorial
0: uh was there anybody you saw and you're like holy shit they're dead no i
1: we have a memorial page too so i know everybody oh you passed. already know yeah oh okay but, yeah one of them was my as a good friend of mine who passed and he was 26 at the time so i oh mean, wow yeah, I mean I, that
0: was a while ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah, he'd be, you know, he'd be fifty years old right now.
0: That's sad. But yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> on a down note.
1: Sorry, Adam Sexton.
0: <laughs> now let's keep going.
1: So anyway, uh... <laughs> so where were you this week? I was in Albuquerque.
0: Oh, Albuquerque! Is that where is Bugs Bunny trying to get there, or he always he took made a wrong the turn? Wrong, there? Right, <laughs> he took the wrong go... turn
1: at Albuquerque.
0: <laughs> so okay, when the new
1: when it the was star balloon fest, huh? It was balloon fest. so All the balloons were flying.
0: Oh, nice! Hot air, balloons. hot air Have you ever ridden in a hot air balloon? No, I haven't. Would you? Oh, uh, maybe. I remember there was a recent horrible hot air balloon accident. Down in Austin, I think. Where the people were burning to death yeah. as they were plumbing. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to ride in a hot air right. balloon. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty good. But they do have one of the, the world's longest tram ride. It's like three miles long or something. Uh-huh. I had to, I did do that, but that was a couple years that ago. That seems safer. Yeah, so you're just on this little bucket that goes across.
0: <laughs> it's close, I mean, Like at Disneyland <laughs> or even at the State Fair of Texas, they have those. Where you ride on the wire thing? Uh-huh. Is that a tram? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've ridden on that. That's cool. Yeah, not a hot air balloon. I'm good.
1: So yeah, it takes you up to the top of the mountain, you know, and you get out and look around. They have a restaurant up top, and
0: that's cool. I like the idea of restaurants in weird places. You know what I mean? And you can buy like a ticket with the
1: meal, or you can just get the ticket and go up there. Did you do the meal? No, I didn't. Um,
0: that sucks.
1: I think it was the wrong time of year we went up there. Uh, it's the wrong time of day or something. I don't remember. What Speaking
0: it of the state fair, when's the last time you've been there?
1: Uh, elementary school. The <laughs> oh, my
0: God. <laughs> uh, last time I was at the state fair, I think it's <laughs> when I was doing.
1: I avoided. It's like Six Flags.
0: Laura got a job there. She would do face painting. And uh, I got a job running the sand art booth. I'm sorry. And it's where you fill up different colored scenes in a little jar and people buy it. They do it themselves. You show them how and then they do it. And I remember this uh, guy came up to me and he goes, hey, man, I worked at this last year. And I go, oh, cool. And he goes, no, man, that guy never paid me. Just so you know, you're not he's going to skip out on you. You need to ask for your pay every day. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And it was some, like, Iranian guy or whatever. And I said, can I get pay, paid each day? And he goes, no, 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 no. I pay you at the end of the fair. And not to do my... I'm not trying to sound offensive or anything, but... And I go, oh, my God, that guy's right. He's totally going to rip me off. And I remember I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. And he was like, okay. And I just wadded up, and I went and told he- uh, Laura... And I said, "Yeah, I'm going. I don't want to work. I don't want to do this anymore." This guy told me he's not going to pay us, and she goes, "Really? Yeah, he will." And uh, he said that the guy skipped out before he paid him anything, and he worked the whole fair. And I was like, "I'm gone. <laughs> That's pretty much my work ethic, right there." <laughs> I just need an excuse to leave. Uh- <laughs> but anyway, uh, where were you when the Star Wars Episode Eight trailer came out and? Did you watch it immediately? Were you all set to watch it?
1: I saw it and I just kind of did not watch it right away. No. I didn't watch it until... Were you worried about... When did you text me?
0: spoiler is. I think uh, the night it came out. Monday. Monday? Monday.
1: So I may have watched it. No,
0: it was Tuesday because I said, have you watched it yet?
1: So I watched it. I didn't watch it till Wednesday.
0: There was a story came out that I thought was really stupid. Spoiler phobes might want to avoid the new Star Wars trailer. And it said, It's the moment we've been waiting for since April 14th, 2017. The unveiling of a new Star Wars Last Jedi trailer. But should you actually watch it? Director Ryan Johnson isn't so sure. And he tweeted... I am legitimately torn. If you want to come in clean, absolutely avoid it, but it's good. In August, the following entertainment weekly cover story, rich with reveals Johnson cautioned fans to steer clear of the marketing from that point on, lest they run into spoilers. More stuff is coming. That's the nature of the beast, but I fully endorse avoiding everything you can now until December. And uh, Mark Hamill Then tweeted, I fully endorse Ryan Johnson's endorsement. Avoid everything you can from now until December. And I read that and I was just like, dude, there's no way I'm avoiding a Star Wars trailer. I've got to watch it immediately.
1: I did watch Kevin Smith's reaction to it. Oh, okay. There was a he 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 had watched it before, and then he watched it and he gave commentary as it was playing, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty funny. I liked I liked it. Yeah
0: i I uh, watched (coughs) it on the football game, you know, on TV, and then I go and then I kept refreshing YouTube until it appeared there, and then I watched it. I'm going to say about three or four times, and then I started watching other people's reactions on YouTube. People will watch it and be on camera. And I started watching him. No, you know, stuff like that because you've watched the trailer. Now there's a part where it looks like Kylo Ren's going to kill Leia. Yeah. And you know, everybody's like, no, don't you do it. Don't you do it. You know, getting really upset. And I have the same reaction. I thought it was pretty cool. My whole problem with the first trailer, which I thought was fine, but I didn't get any emotion from it. I was just like, Oh, okay. It's a teaser. Uh, compared to the episode seven teaser where I felt all giddy and stuff because there was a new Star Wars film. But this one, I was a little underwhelmed. But this this trailer, I was totally like, oh, dude. <laughs> I was totally in, in from the get-go. Kylo Ren holding out his hand like, what? What is that about? And then I was like, wait a second. They're trying to trick us right. with editing. That's
1: what, Ke- that's what Kevin Smith was like. He yeah, he goes, he goes. Oh, if you look, there's flames totally behind Kyler Run. There's no flames. There's nothing. Yeah, behind. yeah. It's two different he scenes. Because There's two scenes, man. That's a chop job. They're trying to suck you
0: uh, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you can't con this con, you know, or whatever. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm definitely excited about it. Uh, I thought it was a great trailer. It, you know, it pulls you in. Oh man, what can I say about it? Let me have it playing with the sound down just so I can remember it. But, you know, the one thing that I'm worried about is Luke Skywalker being a total fuddy-duddy. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, him, he's not going to want to train uh, Rey. He's going to be like, oh, you know, you can't use the Force. It's dangerous. Or something. I'm worried about that. And I hope they do. They trick me that he's actually... I want a scene with Luke being a badass, don't you? A badass old Jedi yeah. master uh like from jay and silent bob don't f with a jedi master son <laughs> i want to see a flashback of the jedi temple and him fighting off the knights of ren i want to see all sorts of cool stuff but see when i start saying that in my head i'm setting myself up for disappointment because if i don't get that i'm like ah. but you know it's just anticipation right I really wanted to record something with bill were reacted to it, but he's, he's very busy right now. Um, hopefully we can get together sometime soon. And most likely when the movie comes out, because I've done something I've never done before. Uh, they did it with the force awakens. They do it with several Marvel movies. Where we're like months early. You can buy your tickets right now. Yeah. I was so swept on this and I go, okay, well, let me check. And I was like, all oh, that top row is empty. Getting the tickets. <laughs> and I texted you, but see, here's something I did, Steven. It doesn't make any sense that I did this either. I bought tickets for Thursday and Friday. Oh. Friday's a school day. That's probably the last day before Christmas break. Right. But Emma will have school in the morning and there's a 9:45 showing, uh, Thursday night. It makes no sense to buy tickets for that showing. Because I've got to be it. I go to bed at eleven and get up at five forty every morning. It makes no sense to do this, but I too swept up in Star Wars fever, and of course you know right away you know. I see some people like meh, and I'm like, you're going to hell for that, meh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you can kiss my ass. I I had no one friend. Uh, you know, Bill Pally. Mm-hmm. He was like, he actually wrote "meh," and I go, "Go complain somewhere else, fuddy duddy." <laughs> Come on, it's got those newer eight AT- adats. It's those look like snowtroopers there. Oh man,
1: that's what. That's, it kept me having somebody that goes. What's
0: this? The new East AT-ATs, The snowtroopers. You've got Ray training with a lightsaber. Looks amazing. Oh man, Steven, I'm excited Let's do this with sound Inside me has always been there
2: But now it's awake And I need help I've seen this raw strength only once before It didn't scare me enough then us
0: now. The music is so good. Kill it.
1: If you have to. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be.
2: This is not going to go the way you think. Fulfill your destiny. I need someone. Show me my place in all this.
0: She's joining the dark side, Steven! Are they tricking us? It's a trick. What if that scene happens and you realize, oh my god, she is in the same place as him. It won't. And she joins the dark side and Luke has to defeat both of them in the third one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sold. Oh man, that's gonna be so cool. Here's a funny thing. Uh Ryan Johnson explains how Lucasfilm decides what to spoil in Star Wars trailers. And he says that uh Star Wars oh here's this article in IGN. Star Wars the last Jedi director Ryan Johnson gave a bit of insight into how Lucasfilm discerns between what to and what not to spoil. After warning fans to stay clear of the new Star Wars trailer, which went live yesterday, okay, first of all, he did not warn them to stay clear. He just said, avoid it if you don't want any, you any know,
1: spoilers, so- if you want
0: to come in fresh. Johnson explained part of the decision-making process during an interview with Yahoo. Johnson said the process began... Yahoo's still a thing, Steven, apparently. It is. The process began at least a year ago. Maybe even more than that. Both Johnson and producer... Ram Bergman met with Lucasfilm and came up with a no-fly list for plot points and scenes not to be shown in the trailer, which makes me think that, uh, what we see in the trailer is a misdirect. Uh Uh-huh. It's all misdirect. Uh, while it's possible, remember how they only showed Finn with a lightsaber in the trailer to The Force Awakens? Right. And we're supposed to think, oh, Finn, the force is with Finn, he's gonna be the new Jedi Apprentice or whatever. That's cool. But I had I was suspicious from the get-go, because it's JJ Abrams. I pretty much guessed that it was gonna be Ray who would be force sensitive. But then when you see in the movie, it's like, oh, okay. So that was a total misdirect. They only showed us Finn with a lightsaber. So I think they're going to do the same thing. Like, for instance, I do not think Leia will die in the movie because they show us that it's to get a reaction out of us. But then in the movie, he's going to actually show something he's not going to fire or something. Right. Uh, I don't think that they're going to spell things out for us. They're going to make us think that uh, they've spoiled things, but they haven't. While it's possible the epic new trailer is solely built on misdirection, hello, that's what I just said, it's also full of potential reveals, such as the first look at Supreme Leader Snoke, as well as a hint of Luke and Kylo Ren's past. If you're trying to stay clean from spoilers, but would like a sneak peek into the new movie, we have 16 high-res stills. No, thanks, I'm good, okay? I don't need to look at your stills. (laughs) That's funny. All right, Steven. Uh, enough about Star Wars. We're going to see it. We're excited. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I want to talk to you now about Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. We saw it in XD. I wanted to see it in Dolby Cinema, but didn't get to. Um, we, You and I saw it like at 1045 at night, right? Right, yeah. And here is what happens in the movie. And this is a full-on spoiler. That's because Heather's in the room. <laughs> I <Right> know. <laughs> trying to trick her. Uh, I will say this. You arrived right as it said Sony Pictures on the screen. <laughs> like, uh, or whatever it said. Uh, I, what I it, sat down moments before. A so-and-so production. I was yeah. like, Stephen, you arrived just in time. Here's another thing. Theater, it's reserved seating. Tire top row empty. You and I in the middle. Two people to the right of you, two people to the left of me, no spaces, like whole empty row, but they're like, oh, I'll sit next to these strangers. Why wouldn't they buffer like a seat between us? But they... I'm thinking about
1: just buying the seat next to me for any reason. <laughs> I know. As a buffer zone. I'm
0: starting to feel like that. I want to buy an empty chair. It's so sad that I want that because luckily the people beside me weren't very talkative. They were quiet. Uh, the people next to you, were they quiet? Um, relatively. The movie's movie's so loud you can't hear, but Blade Runner has a lot of quiet scenes, though.
1: That guy got up, what, twice during the movie next to me. Yeah.
0: What's happening? Explain what's happening in this scene to me. Oh, my God. He was into it.
1: She wasn't into it. Mm -hmm. And it was like... I I know it was just like...
0: Nudity is dirty. It was just like...
1: Come on, give it a little bit more. You'll like it. You'll like it. I Did he say that? Something like that,
0: dude. If she's just not into it, she's not into it. Like I, you gotta know who's you gonna be into Blade Runner film. This is well, if somebody you're watching the movie you go boring, <laughs> like just yells it. At it's like get that person out of the theater. They need to go see a no- different right. film.
1: You, you need to go see Madea's Halloween. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but if you've seen Blade Runner, the original, you pretty much know what to expect in right. this film. You, the pace is very similar. So you're, there's no surprises, I'm going to say. Uh, here's one thing I want to say before I talk about Blade Runner 2049. When I first heard about a sequel being made, you know, you could probably hear this on a show, that ear- an earlier show we did, where I was like, why Why are they making this to be said who wanted this sequel? I never wanted a blade runner sequel. I was it's not something I craved or yearned for. I just don't want one. Don't do this.
1: And it was always the argument. Well, you never know if Harrison Ford
0: is Deckard a replicant. And here's my answer. No, he's not. It's a stupid thing that Ridley Scott said because there's something wrong with him where he won't shut up whenever people stick a microphone in his face. Uh, And I just don't care. That's not an interesting question to me. When I watch Blade Runner, I'm like, but what if he's a replicant too? It's not uh, that question never comes to my mind. And I don't care if he is. I don't think he is. And so this whole, yeah, but is he, I don't give a shit. If he's a replicant, I still don't. I've seen this movie. I don't care if he's a replicant. I still don't think he is. I think it actually hurts the story. If he is, because I think it would be more amazing if he was a human who falls in love with a replicant. Okay. Right. Uh, so anyway, back to this film, (laughs) uh, I'm so sick of uh, Ridley Scott saying shit in interviews. Uh, but anyway, I'm glad he didn't do this movie, by the way. Uh, the director who did this, uh, Danny Villeneuve, I'm going to pretend like I know how to say his name. Fantastic job with this movie. This movie is gorgeous. Roger Deacon cinematography. Have you seen a film shot this beautiful? No. I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, just everything like little floaty things in the air of dust yeah. in the air and just what he, there's parts where snowflakes are coming from the sky or falling into, uh, Ryan Gosling's hand. And, uh, I enjoy Ryan Gosling or, or, or the, his simulant, mm-hmm. the, 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 holograph
1: of his girlfriend. Yeah. Joy. When it was falling into her hand,
0: oh man, the visuals in this her hand. the visuals in this are flawless the <laughs> the flying spinner cop cars or whatever uh just all of it for the whiskers on uh the face of the guy who plays Drax in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that first mm-hmm. part. oh my God, the movie and it this is rich sci-fi. I was like one thing I was worried about is being sleepy. 1045 and a two and a two hours and 45 minutes is the movie. And I was like, dude, I'm going to fall asleep in this riveted. I was not sleepy at all. I was just soaking up the story. I'm so, I'm so into it. And the music, I just had
1: one point where I'd rec- was reclined so long. My legs started to get a little cramp. I had to
0: at one point, you know, cause we're in recliners. My right foot, I was like, I can't feel my toes. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to put it on the floor and kind of tap it. Like, wake up.
1: That's why I had to bend my leg and get it. Because I of don't that
0: think sh- we should be in recliners that long. I don't think it's healthy. <laughs> you know, is it healthy? I don't know. But I loaded up. I was like, okay, this two and a half hours, I got my popcorn. I got my hot dog. I got my Twizzlers. And I got a Coke. But uh, the Coke, you can't really be, you know, Not for you know, two and a
1: half hours. You no. Know,
0: so. I didn't have to pee during the movie either. Some movies, 30 minutes in, I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like I've realized I'm going to be holding it through this whole movie. Luckily, I just paced it right where I didn't have to pee during Blade Runner. Um, what did you think of Ryan Gosling in the film?
1: Um, I liked him. I liked his uh, character in that. And
0: yeah, um, me too. I'm
1: trying to think, uh,
0: God, it's been a week now. <laughs> I thought all the actors did a great job. Um, I thought the story between Kay, which was his character, and Joy, his holographic girlfriend, amazing. I cared about them. And, uh, just the, the way that you this, kind of...
1: His little weird... The little weird... I'll say weird scenes. Not weird. The little scenes at their house, his apartment, whatever. Mm-hmm. But going in, everybody hates him. Yeah. Skinner! Get out of my way! And, um uh, you know, and then he gets in his house, and his—you just hear the voice. You don't see her.
0: Yeah, he's talking to like, "Honey, I'm home," yeah. kind of a thing.
1: And I was just like, and it's
0: almost like a '50s housewife. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you have this nostalgia feel, mm-hmm. like a retro feel to it.
0: And he basically lives in kind of a fantasy, right? I mean, he he knows it's a fantasy, but he plays along with it. It's his way to get away from. Uh, Come on, a bleak existence. And I would
1: assume she's an AI.
0: Yeah, she knows exactly Uh, what she is. And, uh,
1: you know, comes and serves him this meal, this holographic meal, which he's got this. It
0: looks like one thing. He's
1: got a gruel in front of him, you know, this bowl of nutrient.
0: Yeah, it looks like just some kind of like
1: gravy sauce. uh, Yeah, concoction with probably But it looks like a steak and everything in front of him.
0: That was really cool. And he's got some kind of upgrade where she can now move freely without she need the there's this like She doesn't need projector the projector. Arm. Yeah, that was very cool too. Uh, and it's funny, I one thing that I've kind of joked about about the original Blade Runner in the past is how there's no cell phones. Like they predicted a lot of things in Blade Runner, but they didn't predict anyone would have mobile phones. There's a part where Deckard uses a payphone and it costs like $6, and I kind of laugh at that. Yeah. But in this there's no I don't see anybody holding a cell phone either. Cuz it's just like, no, nope, still don't have them. <laughs> we have but flying they did have their cars. have thing in
1: the car where it would call.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have or like communications. A cop car, yeah. yeah, cop car communications. Uh <coughs> Just you know, this future there was no need for a cell phone. Atari is still in business. Peugeot makes flying cars, which I thought was funny. Yes. Uh when I lived in California, my stepmom Yaja had a man's ten speed a Peugeot and she let me ride it everywhere. So I rode a Peugeot ten speed and I was like, Oh Peugeot! <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um but Heather and Emma desperately want to see Blade Runner. I couldn't believe Emma did. And I was like, it's two hours and 49, 45 minutes. And they're like, I don't care. I was like, okay, I'm willing to take you Emma's guys- seen
1: the first one.
0: I can't remember if she has, she, she, sometimes her and, uh, Heather will sit and watch movies together. And so it's possible. Heather's seen Blade Runner quite a few times. I've of course seen it a lot of times over the years. The, uh, the theatrical cut I saw in the theater originally, and I've seen the director's cut. Uh, I think I favor theatrical cut, and I always have because it's the one I first was exposed to. The it made an impression on me. The theatrical cut. So now when I watch a version that's different, it bothers me. Do you know what I mean? Was there
1: supposed the, the one, is there one without a the narration track? The uh, theatrical, theatrical
0: has track? narration. That the studio made them add to because, you know, audiences can't follow this. And then the director's cut has no narration. And the problem is I've seen the theatrical cut so many times when I watched the director's cut. I'm like, this bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think the narration is great. It sounds like Harrison Ford doesn't want to be there recording it, but I'm used to it. Uh, I, what's great about this, uh, Blade Runner 2049, the sequel is it feels like the same world. Mm-hmm. Uh, things seem cleaner at first. Saying, it's
1: not, it's, yeah. It didn't seem as dirty,
0: but it, I think what they've done is they've hidden the dirtiness. They've totally cut off sections of California that are just San uninhabitable. Yeah, it's just a total garbage dump. People living in just ruins, and there's quite like some graphic violence. Like all of a sudden in that scene with the, you know, you see body chunks and stuff. I wasn't expecting that. I was yeah. like, whoa! Um, but I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, Blade Runner, the the original film, it's not an action film, so I didn't expect this to be. But there are certain times there's gunplay. And yeah. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Just in the, as in the original. I mean, there yeah, yeah. certain just, bits of gunplay.
0: Just, you know, a few shots here and there. But I was so glad. It was very cool to see uh, Rick Deckard's old c- gun come into it. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, here's the funny thing. This movie is not about Rick Deckard, at least not for a long time. Right. And that didn't bother me. I was worried I would be like, okay, when's Deckard coming in this? Where... And then I was just like, "Oh yeah, Harrison Ford's in this movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: do you remember that?" I kinda- well, it's kind of like uh, with with uh, what's his name, uh, Ryan Gosling. No. no oh, no, oh no.
0: Rudger Hauer.
1: Nope, nope, nope. not Rudger Hauer. The, the 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 thirty seconds to Mars guy, actor. Uh, the singer, oh, oh Jared Leto, Jared, barely in this. It seems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he think- makes an impression. So, I was, like, going, is he just doing bits in
0: movies now? (laughs) Yeah. I have a day to film this. Okay. We'll work around you. Okay. Well, uh, bring in the naked replicant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's funny, because I remember that the director said something like, uh, Jared Leto came in to read for the blind guy. And he came walked into the room blind he couldn't see and it was just beautiful and i was just like what come on <laughs> but it's so funny his character is slimy and he's creepy yeah and just like has no empathy kind of just spouts things kind of reminds me of a certain someone in power <laughs> uh, he's kind of full of himself a little bit yeah and there's this revelation in the film that you find out some, some kind of miracle has happened and uh, Robin Wright wants to immediately cover it up. And she was great in this. The whole cast is great in this, including the creepy replicant. Who's like Jared Leto's henchman. She's scary. I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was just joking. Cause Heather was in the room. I don't want to spoil blade runner for anybody, but, I do want to say that I think everybody should go see this, especially if you enjoyed the first film. Hopefully you will like Bill hasn't got to see it yet. And I'm like, dude, go see it now. I don't give a shit what you're doing. Go see this. It's going to be taken out of the big theaters and be in the shitty little yeah. podunk theater soon. I think we lucked out and it's still an XD this week. Cause nothing XD worthy came out this week. Uh, so we totally lucked out for Heather and Emma. Uh, but, I guarantee you next week it's not going to be in the big theater anymore. What
1: else comes out?
0: Something big comes out next week. Uh, I think The Snowman, (laughs) maybe. The Snowman Killer. Geostorm comes out next week. Oh, yeah. Which looks like a turd to me. It doesn't look good.
1: But they're going to need that XD sound to sell it. Yeah,
0: like tornadoes and shit everywhere. Uh, gunshots! You're gonna be shooting at tornadoes. Get it! <laughs> it's just like you can't shoot at a tornado. What's that gonna do? <laughs> Using the sonic frequency from this giant sonic wave gun, I can disperse the the tornado. Everybody turn on their hair dryers at the same time. <laughs> Blow it away. Okay. So anyway, back to Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> Steven, uh this movie, I was emotionally involved. In Ryan Gosling's character. And I can't necessarily say that about. Rick Deckard in the original Blade Runner. What I mean by that is. Before you get upset. Um, he's not that interesting a character. I don't think in the first Blade Runner. And here's why I say this. I've seen the film many times. Rutger Hauer steals Blade Runner. I think his performance. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. He makes that film.
1: I think Philip K. Dick said the same thing. He's like, Rutger Hauer is the embodiment of the Superman. The
0: Yeah, he's he's amazing in that. And in this film, you know, they didn't have a Roy Batty type character, but they didn't necessarily need one. It's a different kind of story. The fact that we see uh, Ryan Gosling's character start to care about something and start to want something... And it's crushing when, uh, you know, certain things happen to him. And I felt for him, truly. And I was very happy of that. I would say that when I came out of Blade Runner 2049, I was like, I kind of like this better than the original Blade Runner. I actually thought that because I care more. Here's what I love about Blade Runner. Gorgeous visuals cool Vangelis soundtrack, uh, cool, you know, futuristic cityscape with the rain and the, you know, he's got a trench coat, cool space gun, uh, replicants is a cool idea, but it's not that deep a film, meaning uh, I, you know, I'm not exactly, I don't really care that much is what I'm saying. I love the film. I'll watch it whenever it's on. I own the film, etc. But this film, I there was an emotional draw there that I didn't have in the Blade And It's maybe because I've seen Blade Runner so many times, you know?
1: But do you remember having that emotional connection to it the first time or To no?
0: Roy Batty, the whole that whole speech he gives at the end, and he goes, Time to die. That's the emotion of Blade Runner right there. Mm-hmm. Do I really care that much about Rachel and Decker? I guess I don't know. I don't want him to get caught or whatever, and I don't want Edward James almost to do anything bad. (laughs) But uh, by the way, so cool that That he made the appearance. Gaff, and then he makes a sheep, and I was like, "Do androids dream of electric sheep?" Oh my god, that's awesome! You know, or you could be like, "Yeah, was so predictable." Or no, I don't think anybody did that. If they were, they're an asshole, right? For instance, uh, I was talking about this on uh, you know Facebook. If somebody saw this movie, I assume you liked it, right? Yes. If somebody goes, God, it was so boring. It was so slow paced. Would you just be like, would you roll your eyes at that comment?
1: Be like, this wasn't for you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's like, you're not allowed to see movies like this. (laughs) I I thought there were moments in this film that were beautiful. Yeah.
1: And and the slow (laughs) pacing did not. I didn't think it away. was slow
0: paced. Actually,
1: well, I, I was very. Was, I, I'm not saying slow paces, and it was boring. Slow pace. I can see how somebody would was, say that. It was.
0: Uh, it took its time to develop. Right, How's that? The investigate <laughs> the investigation in this is much more interesting than Deckard's investigation in the original film. Meaning, when he's going searching for this a uh, missing. Person and he's uncovering things. I thought that was awesome. uh Deckard, he's looking for fish scale and then he finds a snake scale or whatever, and that's the extent of his detective work, really. <laughs> but uh, I love Blade Runner, so I don't know why I keep <laughs> trying Bad, to no, compare is- the. I'm bagging on. It. I think it's just because I think Ridley Scott's a dope now. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I love Blade Runner, so I'm just kidding. I never thought. I would want a Blade Runner sequel, but it exists and I am happy and I loved it and I thought it was gorgeous. I thought the music Do you
1: really call it a sequel or is it Yeah to me it's not a sequel? Well in it essence. involves
0: characters from the original, you know. I mean,
1: yeah, it is. It's
0: a different story
1: That's what I'm saying. That That's not a sequel. it
0: picks up it picks up on what happened to Deckard and Rachel, which I think is interesting. Yeah. A part of me thinks that the film maybe even could have, you could have been in the same world as Blade Runner and not even had Deckard in it. It would have worked still.
1: Right. That's we what I'm saying have. where it was not a sequel in the essence of a true sequel.
0: If it was just a film about Ryan Gosling, uh, uh, Kay, and Joy, that would have been amazing. I kind of got some vibes from her. That movie, Her, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. There's a scene that's very similar to that. Uh And, you know, there's a part in Her where, uh, you know, he falls in love with an artificial intelligence played by Scarlett Johansson on a little voice box thing. A little smartphone, I guess. And she gets a person to fill in for her body. Right. Because she can't be there. And a scene in this reminded me of that a lot. But it's not the same. I thought this scene was beautiful. Uh, the way they did it. Uh, I just thought it was very neat. Uh, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to explain, but I got their emotions. Like right. all these two people want to do is touch each other and they can't. And it was, it's kind of like, it felt special that we, you know how, like sometimes you'll watch a sex scene. It's totally unnecessary. And it's just like, it's a titillation or whatever. Oh, yeah. This felt like, well, it's nice for you guys to let us watch you express your love for each other. Kind of a thing instead of like, Hey, I'm going to see Sonny naked. I didn't think like that at all. It was more like, this is beautiful that I'm watching. These two people just want so much to, uh, to, to love each together. other, yeah. to be together. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. And who would have thought that I would get that in a film, I mean, that's another thing. Media blackout on this film. Mostly, it's all the original teaser, the trailer they showed in theaters. But yeah. I, I went. There were some uh, film shorts or animated Blade Runner stuff. Didn't watch that. Uh, they they kind of did that with the Alien film too, where you could watch a film short about the crew. And I was like, no, I don't want to. It's like, no, Jason. If you watch this, you kind of get some more depth on the story. It's like, no. Put it in the movie then, and I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch your film short. No, but Jason, this is pretty cool. It's got cool animation. I don't care. Stop. I'm not going to watch your film short. If it's right? good enough
1: to be there, Include why isn't, it, it, on why isn't the, it good enough to be in the movie?
0: Include it on the Blu ray when I own it. After I watch the movie, I'll go, okay, let me look at these extras. I'm not going to go watch it, though. I don't care. So don't make me need to... I didn't understand this part of the movie. Well, if you would have watched that little webisode, it's like, go to hell. <laughs> I'm not going to watch your webisode.
1: You shouldn't have to make a webisode to understand a movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Love flying cars. What did I say to you in the parking lot, Stephen? I go, why don't we have flying cars? <laughs> I want, a, want flying a flying car. I want a flying SUV, you know? That would just be awesome. And I always wondered what would happen if you shot down a cop car, you know, and we get to see that in the yeah. movie. Spoiler. That's a spoiler right there, Stephen. A little bit, little bit. Pretty cool. A yeah. <laughs> little bit. A little bit. the little bit. Spoiler. Also, I like the way violence erupts in this where you don't expect it to happen. It kind of takes you by surprise. Yeah. And that's kind of like, holy shit, you're kind of like shaken by it. Um, And I'm just... You know, I could talk about this all night, but I love Blade Runner two thousand forty nine. But if we did, we would give it all away. <laughs> yeah. One thing that uh, some people talked about is like, "Wow, Blade Runner really didn't make that much money this weekend." You know what? I don't care. The movie got made; it exists. That's all that matters. And there doesn't need to be another I mean, Blade talking Runner.
1: About the reason why, because of the length and the amount of show times it can have in a weekend.
0: Yeah. The movie exists. That's all yeah. that matters. It was made. Does there need to be another Blade Runner, Steven? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'm good. Do you want to see Jared Leto's character get his? I can tell you one of his characters... You need to
1: find out about the miracle.
0: One of his creations. (laughs) Well, well, we do, pretty much. Well... Do you want to see a movie with them on the run? I don't. uh, Uh... I'm good. I think I'm good. I said, "Well, I, mean, I think eventually Jared Leto's character will be killed by one of his creations. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh, the original yeah, Terrell. I mean, other than... One thing I think is interesting about his character, it's a different company. It's not Terrell, but he named his... His creations are Nexus 8. You know, the Nexus 6 were in the original Blade Runner it's like he's just piggybacking off of Terrell's creations and he's not like an original creator. He's just right. stealing ideas. He's uh, what would you call it? Re- reverse engineering right. replicants. And he's kind of this pretentious douche. And I just see him getting his eventually, you know, there is a scene that really disturbed me though. It's when the one guy goes, Hey, you can't take those. And she's like, "Oh, it's okay. I have papers." And then clocks him on the back of the head. That was like his eyes rupture with blood. I was just like, "Oh, I don't want to <laughs> see this." I thought that was disturbing. He's like choking on blood. That was a part that genuinely disturbed me. It was just like gross.
1: Just destroy everything in the back of his head with that. Yeah,
0: messed up. And the way she kills with no emotion at all. Yeah, she's a terminator basically. She's scary. Do you like when she's getting her nails done and calling in like an airstrike?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that
0: was great. Good stuff. Alright, Steven. Is that enough on Blade Runner? Sure. Any any thoughts on Blade Runner before we move on? Uh, go see
1: it. It was it's a it's a good movie.
0: Excellent. Now Steven, uh there's going to be a Halloween movie, a new one, a new Michael Myers movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw uh, recently. Jamie Lee Curtis ha- posed in a picture with Michael Myers in the background, and it's like she will be in the sequel. And I was like, "Oh, how are they going to do this? They've done so many horrible Halloween sequels." I mean, I used to watch them because I was a fan of Halloween. Like, I watch Halloween. You watched
1: it for Jamie Lee.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm talking about Halloween four. Halloween five yeah,
1: you
0: can. and I think I, I don't think I've seen six the one with Paul Rudd in it but it was on TV one day and I watched a little bit of it and I just laughed at it but there's been they never got the mask right again because I think the William Shatner mask they use in Halloween 2 they must have really burned it or something because they never used it again or maybe William Shatner wouldn't let him use it I don't know right. uh So anyway, listen to this story. New Halloween movie will ignore all the sequels, says John Carpenter. What? Legendary horror filmmaker John Carpenter has revealed that the new Halloween reboot will ignore all the sequels. In an interview with Stereo Gum, carpenter has explained why jamie lee curtis's character laurie strode will appear in the film after being killed by michael myers in halloween resurrection oh i forgot about that one uh, the H the one where H2o. they they have the webcams in the house with Tyra Banks. Have you ever seen that? That uh, oh my god, it's so stupid. It's even Katie Sackoff is in it. Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. I think she gets her head chopped off. Busta Rhymes is in it. <laughs> I don't think so, I've seen that It's one. so bad. Oh my god. Um, the H two O was the one before Resurrection, okay. though. Carpenter explains that the reboot the yeah. yeah, you and I went to go see that. I was like, this is going to be good?" Steven. Finally, a good Halloween movie. It's like, "Oh, Jason, you poor guy.
1: You poor sack.
0: <laughs> Carpenter explains that the reboot is almost an alternative reality in that it picks up right after the first one, and it pretends that none of the other sequels were made. It's going to be fun. There's a really talented director, and it's well written. I'm impressed. While he won't be directing this time around, Carpenter is acting as an executive producer and creative consultant. He announced the rest of the creative team earlier this year and has also made mention that he may even score the film as he did for the original Halloween film. Hold on a second. I've got to do something. i got to text my daughter and tell her to turn the air up because I'm freezing. Turn air up to what do you say 72 please and then have like a is there like a begging emoji like please how about just a crying yeah there we go so anyway i'm excited about this this will be coming out october 19th 2018 Stephen. and i want to see who the creative team is behind this because i don't remember uh John Carpenter announces director for new Halloween movie. John Carpenter has revealed the creative team behind the upcoming Halloween movie. Carpenter, who will be executive producing the film, announces who will be the new creative... Are you serious? Just tell me! He has entrusted David Gordon Green of Pineapple Express and Our Brand is Crisis to direct... Green is also pinning the script with Alien Covenant star Danny McBride. That's right. I remember hearing this and going, huh? But that's pretty cool. I'm interested. Now, Stephen, have you seen the new? Did you watch the pilot episode of Star Trek? Uh, I did. Discovery. What did you think of it?
1: Um, it was okay. It was
0: okay. Were you like, what did you think of the way the Klingons looked? <sighs>
1: Uh, they're different every time. So, I mean, it didn't bother me.
0: Do you think it's just silly understand. that I've read some people go, come on, the technology's way too advanced for this time period of Star Trek. It's like, dude, just stop. Okay. It's a different realization of Star Trek. Right. It's going to be different. We have better technology and effects now. We can make something cooler.
1: Cause it's supposed to be pre-enterprise.
0: Now, let me ask you this. Have you seen the new Seth MacFarlane show, the, yes. the Orville? Which is better?
1: Um, I sometimes think Farland thinks he's funnier than he is. Mm -hmm. I like the show without the goofy jokes to it. Do you think like... The goofy jokes. I don't mind jokes being in it, but sometimes they're just stupid jokes
0: right do you think that if they he would have made the wordful, but he wasn't in the show at all and it was somebody else it would be I way better even, i don't
1: even mind him in it but it's, oh, it's okay. uh,
0: just the the attempts at humor that the att- sometimes they just fail fall flat so do you think it's interesting that he's a huge trekkie he loves <coughs> uh a trekker which one is it that's the trekkie. trekkie. he's a huge trekkie he loves star trek so he created a star trek show for himself It's a vanity project. right? Uh, Do you think it actually, he pulls it off where it's like, okay, this is pretty fun. This is good sci-fi show. It's not terrible. But it's also derivative completely of Star Trek. Like, do stories even seem familiar from shit you've seen on Star Trek? I've seen like two episodes, so. Oh, okay. I need to catch up and just watch all of them one day. But uh, here's the thing about Star Trek Discovery. I was intrigued enough From the first episode to want to keep watching, but I don't have the CBS uh, streaming app. And I told Heather that what I'm going to do is wait for it, the whole season to be done, and then do the free month of (laughs) CBS because you can do that. And on Xbox has the app, the CBS app now, uh, and binge watch it. Like over a weekend. I, yeah. And she was like, okay, let's do that. And I was like, that way we don't have to pay for it. We just have the free month. And then, uh, whatever. If we liked it enough, maybe I'll pay the four ninety nine. It's not really expensive. It's just that but I like already everything have. Everything
1: you pay for is it's just becoming tacked on everything. Yeah.
0: I have Hulu and Netflix and it's just like, I don't want another. Oh, I also have Amazon prime. And you got
1: direct TV. Yeah. I, I
0: don't want another thing just to watch one show that's why you sometimes you have to uh you know school the system what is what is the term i'm coming up with uh, you have to work trick the, trick work the, system. the system yeah because okay. there's some people recently someone said uh hey i want to watch uh, sh- i want to watch uh, twin peaks the original series mm-hmm. and i was like uh, do you have showtime no oh well the original series is on netflix do you have netflix no i don't Well, you can do it for a free month. Just binge watch it. Oh, okay. It's like, I don't know what you're going to do to watch the new season, though. (laughs) Yeah, You're shit out of luck, buddy. (coughs) But anyway... uh,
1: Wait for the Blu-ray in December.
0: Right. So, William Shatner thinks there are still stories to tell about his captain. That would be Captain Kirk. Star Trek legend William Shatner is going strong at the age of 86, Filling his time with his new animated movie, Batman vs. Two-Faces. He voices Two-Face. Releasing this month, the reality show Better Late Than Never heading into a second season in 2018. Don't even know what that is. What seems like constant convention appearances and much more. So why not bring him back for another round as Captain Kirk in Star Trek 2? His late colleague Leonard Nimoy had roles in two of the J.J. Abrams-verse films, after all, and there was a new Star Trek show, Discovery, currently airing. Never mind that his version of Kirk died in Star Trek. I just laugh at the way he died. It's so goofy looking. That's easy to get around in the world of sci-fi. So when I spoke with Shatner at the New York Comic-Con last weekend, I asked him what it would take to get the icon to appear on Star Trek Discovery. His answer... A great deal of money. <laughs> he laughed, though perhaps not joking. I don't know what you do with a character who appeared 50, now 51 years ago, you know. I'm 51 years older, and all the ex. Wait, how do you say this word, Stephen? Exigency. Exigencies of age. He does not seem opposed to the idea however and while putting the actor on discovery for example might not make much sense in terms of the show's storyline there are plenty of rumors about cbs wanting to do other star trek projects wrath of Khan and the undiscovered country director nicholas meyer for example has said he's working on something though the details are top secret i wrote a series of books about kirk which paramount allowed me to do recalled shatner basically on my life on my life (laughs) laugh They were basically autobiographical books, which I gave my life to Captain Kirk's and some other... Oh, did Captain Kirk star on T.J. Hooker, too? Mm Mm-hmm. And some of the drama that took place in my life. However, beyond those stories, which explain how Kirk survived generations, by the way... It was a holodeck TV show he (laughs) he produced himself (laughs) That's cool. He thinks exploring Kirk's golden years could be quite interesting. A captain who no longer has the vim and vigor that once made him so great... He referred to his Better Late Than Never co-star friend, Terry Bradshaw. What is this show? <laughs> the Football it's terrible.
1: That's what it is. Have you seen it? Do you know what I it is? I thought it was going to be like... There's there's four of them, I think it was. And I thought it was going to be like a buddy show. But it's him traveling around doing shit together.
0: Oh, okay. And what channel was, does that come on?
1: It, it was... I saw like one episode. I was like, "Don't watch this ever again." It's unwatchable. This is
0: unwatchable horse shit. Yeah, it's
1: them going to restaurants and going to bathhouses and they're or just whatever. hanging out and talking yeah. about
0: stuff. That's weird. So, are there stories to tell about an aging guy? Said the Once in Future Kirk. All right, all right, there. I'm stopping. <coughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's just like Once in Future Kirk. I'm done reading your story. You know what? Trying to be clever. Don't you try to be clever?
1: Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's stuff that they always wanted to do but never did. Better late than never. You know. They're...
0: Holy crap. All right, Steven. The New Mutants will be a psychological thriller, not a standard X-Men movie. Have you watched this trailer? No. Okay, you know what the New Mutants are? Did you ever read that comic? I don't think so. The New Mutants was a comic book Chris Claremont wrote in the 80s, and I really liked it. It was about the mutant students who lived at Xavier's mansion with the X-Men, and it was about their adventures. They're not X-Men. They're students, and they have interesting things going on in their lives. They're New Mutants. Yeah, they're New Mutants. It was a cool comic book drawn by Bill Sink... Sink Bill Cincowicks. Sink- I don't it, yeah, you, I you remember, remember that, that artist. Uh-huh. He's a really cool, like amazing artist and stuff. So uh, this trailer comes out and it looks like a horror movie. And some people are like, dude, this looks awesome. Here's my problem with the trailer. It looks like every horror movie that's coming out right now with little jump scares. And it has the it's guilty of the thing I hate, and that is a cover of a song you know sung by a female in this kind of like I em- may have seen this emotional emo type of voice yeah. and they've done it so many times in movie trailers when I saw it on this I rolled my eyes and they lost me I'm excited about the new mutants movie but I don't think this is a good trailer Okay, let's check it out I'm scared I'm going to
2: ask them. you a series of questions
0: I want you to respond truthfully. Have you ever heard someone? Yes. Really? Have you ever experienced anything you'd consider abnormal? A little too on the nose. Some guy Thanks. is really proud of himself for picking this off. Last question.
2: Do you know what mutants
0: are?
2: I do. Did you know baby rattlesnakes are more
0: dangerous than adult ones? They haven't Tell learned how to control how much venom they secrete. Let's just stop.
2: <laughs> are dangerous. That's why you're here.
0: Something's gonna jump out. Something's gonna jump out. Oh, holy shit! Oh, sorry. Did that scare Where's you, Steven?
1: This,
0: <laughs> this is in the hospital. It's a haunted house. Alone.
1: You've been through a lot. Get some rest.
0: She's a CPAP. Why is that so scary? She can't breathe. She
1: can die in her sleep if she doesn't
0: have it. It's <laughs> very deviants. scary. When I watched that trailer, people were like, "Dude, this trailer! You got to check this out!" And I was just like, "Man, me. <laughs> the worst reaction ever." No, but I was just like, "Oh, you lost me at the song." But oh my god, first of all, some people are like, this is going to be a straight-up horror movie. And I'm like, bullshit. You know what this is? This is literally like 10 minutes of the movie it's made to look... Bibs. It's this. The whole movie is not this. This is a segment of the story, and they just cut the trailer to make it look like this. This will not be the finish. The tone of this trailer will not be the tone of the movie.
1: Right. If you're it's, saying just, it's a psychological thriller... It's a teaser. It's not going to be a scary movie.
0: But it got people to say it looks like a horror movie. Okay, here's the story. The first trailer for Josh Boone's The New Mutants, the latest in Fox's attempt to spin off its X-Men universe, reaffirms that the studio isn't interested in making the same mutant movie over and over again. That's right, Steven. Instead, much like this year's Logan, The New Mutants takes its influences from other genres. An X-Men-adjacent movie. Unlike Logan, which followed the old man Logan and X-23 on a cross-country journey through an almost post-apocalyptic world the new mutants has more in common with a nightmare in elm street or texas chainsaw massacre no it doesn't five mutants are trapped in a government-run research laboratory where they're being tortured and tested upon it's up to the young mutants to band together and fight their way out of the lab before it's too late the change in pace and number of jump scares crammed into a two-minute trailer may be daunting for x-men devotees Oh my god, there's literally like two jump scares and neither one of them make you jump. But this is exactly what Boone had in mind for the film. Boone told Entertainment Weekly earlier this year that he was making a full-fledged horror movie set within the X-Men universe. Instead of having supervillains, costumes, and X-Men, the New Mutants would pit the young group of eclectic kids against a truly nightmarish enemy. Boone told the magazine that despite it being a big departure for the series, he was taking the role very seriously. The director said this wasn't exactly a love letter to Stephen King or Marvel Comics, but he was approaching the material with the same kind of enthusiasm that his 12-year-old had for both worlds. The New Mutants, Boone said, would be a twisted mix on both genres. I try to hold myself accountable to that kid because that kid is what keeps me from becoming a Hollywood whore. Okay, early reaction to the trailer has been, for the most part, pretty negative. Longtime fans of the Misfit team, I didn't know that, created by Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud in 1982, may have been hoping for a more run-of-the-mill mutant movie. General consensus praised Fox and Boone for attempting to bring a different vibe vibe to the stale franchise, but numerous jump scares and Amityville horror-type vibe the trailer gives off isn't working for the majority of fans, even if Game of Thrones' Maisie Williams is a member of the cast. I appreciate that they're going for horror tone, unlike mainline X-Men films, but this honestly looks like every single asylum-related horror cliche and trope rolled together with superhero coding one person wrote. Exactly, it does! It looks like every other dumb horror movie. Maybe it was just a bad trailer, but it didn't raise my hopes at all. I think it is just a bad trailer, honestly. It's just a bad trailer. I don't after watching that it didn't make me think the movie would be bad i just thought it was a bad trailer i was watching honestly and have you watched the gifted on fox by the way which okay. is about mutants teen mutants i watched the pilot i really liked it i need to watch the second when heather was in dc still when it came on no wait gotcha. no she wasn't no was she it I comes on my... no she was she was coming home that night so i didn't watch it without her <laughs> like, i don't know steven come on tell me Alright, were you an X-Files fan, Stephen? Yes. Did you watch the later years after uh, David Duchovny left and Robert Patrick filled in? He played um, Agent John Doggett? I may have. Well, get this. The X-Files eyes Robert Patrick for Season 11 Encore as Doggett. We want to believe this will work out. <laughs> That's funny. We want to believe. The X-Files is trying to get Robert Patrick back for Season 11. Series creator Chris Carter tells TV line exclusively that the scorpion actor who portrayed agent John Doggett in seasons eight and nine was actually slated to appear in one of the season 11's early installments. I actually wrote him into an episode Carter reveals, but then I found out he wasn't going to be available to us because of scorpion, which is a horrible show on CBS. (laughs) So I had to write him out of the episode. Scorpion is his first priority. Oh, as it should be Steven. Have you, do you still watch that?
1: I, I catch it occasionally.
0: I just think it's so dumb. I can't watch it. It's
1: it's genius with MacGyver. Genius.
0: Yeah. Carter then cryptically adds, "That's not to say you won't see him this season." For his part, Patrick confirms to TV Line that it was a scheduling conflict with Scorpion that torpedoed his original encore, but he says he's game to make another go at it. The X Files is about to start production on episode six of its ten episode order. Oh, that's cool. A dogged, comba- a, a dogged comeback makes sense, considering that his former partner, Monica Reyes, played by Annabeth Gish, was revealed to be in cahoots with the cigarette-smoking man of oh, Spoiler and the Season 10 cliffhanger. Gish has already signed on to return in Season 11, and Carter says her mysterious alignments with CSM, you know what that stands for, right, Steven, will be addressing an will be addressed in an interesting way. So tune in on Fox. You still with me, Stephen? Yes, I'm with you. Okay. Mark Ruffalo accidentally live-streamed a bit of Thor Ragnarok on Instagram last night. Uh Uh-oh! If you caught Mark Ruffalo's live-stream of Thor Ragnarok red carpet last night, you may have also been able to hear a good chunk of Marvel's next movie. Ruffalo, who has gotten in trouble with Marvel Studios in the past for posting something on Twitter he wasn't supposed to, accidentally left his live stream up upon taking his seat in the theater. Despite alerts from fans on Twitter and Instagram that his phone was still broadcasting, the stream continued. Both laughter from the audience and audio from the movie could be heard in the live stream. Ruffalo eventually stopped streaming, but the audio was captured and uploaded to YouTube. The video has since been taken down ruffalo's stream had almost i just think this is funny had almost 2500 viewers while he was seated in the theater during the screening phones were taken from patrons and put into sealed bags which were returned to guests after the movie ended this is a common occurrence at disney screenings both public and press only that take place before the movie is released ruffalo did not have to abide by marvel's theater policy because he's in the movie despite ruffalo's big goof there are Things are looking pretty good for the actor and his on-screen green beast. Ruffalo confirmed that Ragnarok was the beginning of a three-movie arc that Marvel Studios Kevin Feige wants to incorporate. R- Ruffalo, Ruffalo, told Cinema Blend that although his character couldn't Rufio. get his own standalone, <laughs> Rufio, yeah, uh, Mark Rufio, Rufio. His character can't get a standalone movie because of licensing issues. <laughs> the Hulk will get his own storyline in Ragnarok and in Avengers and Avengers Four. Kevin Feige pulled me aside before this and said, "If you were going to do, a, if you were going to do a standalone Hulk movie, what would it be?" Rufio said, and I said. <laughs> I think it should be this, 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 and this, and then like, end up like this. And he's like, I love that. Why don't we do that in the next three movies, starting with Thor 3, and then go into Avengers 3, and then 4. And I was like, that sounds great. And so we're, we're at the beginning of the arc. Rufio's Hulk can be heard in the leaked clip, so it's unclear just what the arc looks like in Ragnarok. We do know that the Hulk will team up with Thor and fight the villainous Hela on Asgard. After fighting each other on the planet of Sekar, Dracar Noir, uh, Thor Ragnarok comes out November 3rd. Oh, shit. We need to pre-buy tickets to that movie, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. One more story, Steven. All right. You excited? Yes. Beetlejuice 2, rem- Rememory Writer to Rewrite Script. Wait. Beetlejuice 2, Rememory Writer to Rewrite Script. Okay, it's, it's kind of hard to follow headline there. I don't know what this word means. <laughs> okay, the ghost with the most might yet soon return. Yeah, right. Is this ever movie ever coming out? Never. I bet there will be another Blade Runner before there will be... <laughs> oh, wait! Holy shit! I'm right! Uh, there is a new Blade Runner. All right. Beetlejuice 2, the long in and, and highly anticipated sequel to Tim Burton's 1988 cult classic, is reportedly getting a rewrite. Why is this a story? It's getting rewritten. That means it's not even ready to do anything. Deadline reports that Rememory writer... What is Rememory? Is that a movie? Uh, Mike Vukadinovich has been tasked with penning the horror comedy. Vukadinovic also wrote the upcoming Disney film, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, based on the Disneyland ride. Though Beetlejuice 2 is being re- rewritten, Warner Brothers reportedly isn't close to filming... Isn't close to filming up a deal with Firmly. either Tim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, is that, why does why does say I think that said filming reported? Okay, though Beetlejuice Two is being rewritten. Stephen Warner Brothers reportedly isn't close to even firming up a deal with Tim Burton or Michael Keaton. However, the duo who are currently working together on the upcoming live action remake of Dumbo are reportedly excited about potentially collaborating on Beetlejuice Two. Okay, so basically non-story, am I right? Yes. Wow. All right, Stephen. What do you say we get into? What do you think? Something rotten. Let's do. Let's read Rotten Tomatoes.
2: I say either, you say neither, and I say neither. Either, either, neither, either, neither. Now let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, and I like potatoes. You like tomato, and I like tomatoes. Potato, potato, potato,
0: tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. I like stale tomato juice. <laughs> so awesome. Now, Stephen, my daughter with her friend is going to see Happy Death Day tomorrow. <laughs> she asked us earlier. We said yes. And I told Heather, she saw it. She can handle this. Am I right? This yeah. is PG-13. Okay.
1: So, Rememory. Just looked it up. Oh, the widow of a wise professor stumbles upon one of his inventions that's able to record and play a person's memory.
0: Oh, okay. So the guy who wrote that is working on Beetlejuice 2.
1: <laughs> I just had to see what it was, if it was a movie or something.
0: Okay, and it st- is. Stephen Blumhouse produces an original and inventive rewinding thriller in Happy Death Day in which a college <clears throat> student relives the day of her murder with both its unexceptional details and terrifying end until she discovers her killer's identity. Happy Death Day is directed by Christopher Landon, who did Paranormal Activity, The Mark Ones. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be great. Okay, uh, it's starring people I've never heard of. It's got a young cast, and it's Groundhog Day, only she murdered. gets murdered every time. Let's see. Currently, This was suicidal. 68, yeah. He even, there's a part he goes, I've been shot, stabbed, poisoned. So, somebody was trying to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Death Day is currently 68% fresh. 38 people said it was fresh. 18, rotten. All right. Well, let's see what those are. Brad Wheeler of Globe and Mail says, There's a spunky charm to the Scream meets Groundhog Day thing, and the film is well built. The problem is its chipper message. I give it a 2.5 out of 4, and that's fresh in my book. I'm Brad Wheeler, and this is Globe and Mail. No one knows what that is, dude. David Edelstein of the New York Magazine and Vulture says that the movie is no big deal, but its Groundhog Day conceit is kind of irresistible, and the genre blend seems right for this age woman seeking stability and empowerment. I give it at 26 stars. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Out of? 36. Okay. Ryan Porter Porter of the Toronto Star says, What makes Death Day feel so fresh is that this is all played with a whopper of a wink pulled off by the considerable comedic talents of the star, Jessica Roth, who successfully juggles a horror comedy mashup I give it a three out of four, and I do pass go, and I do collect $200. Wow, he's kind of smug, isn't he? Stephen Pat Padua of The Washington Post says This is one movie that no one needs to relive. Two out of four, rotten.
1: Two out of four, rotten. That's kind of average, not really rotten. <laughs>
0: Brian Tallarico of RogerEbert.com says doesn't seem to enjoy its own ridiculous concept enough and yet refuses to stage any set pieces that feel honestly scary either. I give it a two out of four and Steven, that's rotten. What? He's talking to you! Can you believe Dude, that? two out of four, again, not rotten. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette Catsoulis of the New York Times says Becoming a decent person requires an awful lot of dying in Happy Death Day. A snappy horror comedy with a gentle romantic spine. I give it 38 stars out of 42. That's pretty good. Mike McGranaghan of Isle Seat says, Happy Death Day is as much a dark comedy as it is a horror film. And it's a pretty darn funny one at that. <laughs> Three out of four. Oh, it's pretty cool. Alex Dunn of Trespass says. It's a refreshing piece of light horror that eschews gratuity for the sake of efficient storytelling that occasionally allows for both tongue-in-cheek and knife-in-the-gut and effectively str- stands astride multiple genre boundaries. Whoa, it's like word spaghetti, Stephen. I was, I was trying to get it with a fork, but kept Slipping falling off. off. Yep. Frank Switek of One Guy's Opinion says neither scary nor funny enough to survive even halloween and this is just one guy's opinion but i give it a c and i'm a (laughs) halloweeny tina Hassania of the national post says happy death day underestimates the fun in trees experimentation and gets there too late i give it no stars out of five
1: no stars out of
0: Josh Terry of the Deseret News in Salt Lake City says, If you're looking for fun and harmless option heading into Halloween for a Mormon, Happy Death Day won't leave you disappointed. <laughs> Three out of four. Awesome. Okay. Frank Wilkins of Real Review says, Will be an exciting treat for some and a frustrating trick for others. I, on the other hand, left and never came back. Two out of five. Right. It's fresh. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Steven, look at this. Two out of five. It says it's fresh. The two out of fours were rotten. Two out of huh? That makes no sense. Does that make any sense? No. We find a flaw every Every, week, every show. We do, don't we? We do. Oh, my God. Okay, one more. This poor movie. I feel bad for it. Laura Clifford of Reeling Review says, maybe screenwriter Scott Lobdell didn't realize he was on the same track as this year's earlier release, Before I Fall, but it, it is uncanny how similar they are. Sprinkle a little bit of the 1950 noir DOA and, la, and the latter one, voila. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I give it a C. Wow. Very flamboyant. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, one more. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey Lyles of Lyles Movie Files. I love Jeffrey Lyles. If you're looking for a terrifying horror thriller, it will keep you up for many nights. But for a vintage 90s era scare, this will leave a smile on your face. I give it a 9.5 out of 10. Wow.
1: Lyles. He likes it. He's
0: got some grading. uh, Uh, Jeffrey Lyles. of Wilds Movie Files. Hi guys, I'm Jeffrey Liles. Wilds Movie Files. (laughs) Nick Rogers of Sweet. I got to keep going. I'm sorry. (laughs) Nick, I'm warmed up, (laughs) Stephen. Roll now. Nick Rogers of Sweet101.com, a website no one's ever gone to, says this: Who's Bill Murray? is the most honest line in happy death day it's heroin tree and young girls plunking down babysitting cash to watch may not know about murray or groundhog day but the movie does little to live up to the gaffled idea i give it a two out of five and that's rotten no it's not we determined that that's
1: the other guy said it was fresh two out of five yeah
0: i want to know if gaffled is a word Gaffled? Gaffled. G-A-F-F-L-E-D. Because Google is not telling me anything. This guy made up a word for his review, Steven. Gaffled definition. Gaffling is a planning technique for orienteering relay courses whereby individual routes are planned so as to vary slightly and to make following difficult. This means that the competition depends more on navigational skills rather than just physical ability. So this
1: movie can't follow Groundhog's Day.
0: Urban Dictionary for Gaffled. Maybe that's where I need to look. Being taken advantage of, tricked, or bamboozled, swindled, or basically just effed. Damn dude, you got gaffled at the club when you spent $50 to get in and I spent 20 That punk gaffled me out of $20. Uncle Sam gaffles me every time I pay my taxes. Okay, we get it. All right. He didn't make it up. Well, still, he's stupid anyway, right, Steven?
1: (laughs) Especially if he can't figure out two out of five is fresh.
0: I know. All right, Steven. Um, We talked all about Blade Runner 2049. Mm -hmm. And it did very well on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is destroying the movie industry, by the way. Eighty nine percent fresh, two hundred and forty nine fresh, thirty-two rotten. I love the film, as did you, but I would like to read some of the bad reviews. Villeneuve is a director of obvious ideas whose addition whose edition E D I T O N tends to spell as if the audience could not add two plus two Daniel Krause of El Financiero. What? What is that? He did not give it a grade even Stephen, that's how much he hated it. Alright, let's find uh, another bad review. That one was uh that Any one just, decipherable. It just uh confused me. Hugo Lara of Corecamara Huh? The creators of this film had to use old ingredients to reconstruct a rancid and insipid concept that even Ryan Gosling can't save. Read the full review in Spanish. Oh, okay.
1: No, no
0: thanks. Yeah, no thanks. Matthew Bond of the Mail on Sunday, UK. <clears throat> uh, hey, oh uh, right, cheerio, <laughs> Governor. <laughs> In its well-intentioned efforts to somehow match the impact of the original, this is a film that has become overblown, overwritten massively overlong. I give it a 2 out of 5, which is rotten, Stephen. It's fresh. <laughs> We've already determined that means fresh. Okay. Armand White of the National Review. <clears throat> Director Villeneuve never strikes the moral terror... This guy's from the UK, too soon. (laughs) Villeneuve never strikes the moral terror that has distinguished his best films. Blade Runner's awesomeness is gone. Wow, somebody pissed in this guy's popcorn. All right, Marianne Johnson a Flick Philosopher says, Visually, the dying future world is immersively hellish intellectually, though. Its ideas haven't kept up with the rapidly evolving science fiction conversation. I give it a 2.5 out of 5, which is rotten. 2.5 out of 5 should be fresh.
1: Because it's it's, it's averaged.
0: Dennis Schwartz of Ozu's World. I think. what What are these website names? Though the film dazzles us with its haunting, beautiful images, it disappoints with its lack of substance. I give it a C plus. I don't use number grading. Oh, okay. Well, that helps. Shouldn't they all just give letter
1: grades? I'm going to give it... uh, I'm going to start a new scale. A 10,000 star
0: scale. (laughs) Nice. Abby Olsisi of Sojourners says... (laughs) Liberation doesn't have quite the same effect when it's done by white people for other white people. Rotten. What? What? I didn't even understand that. Should this person be allowed to see Blade Runner? (laughs) Eric D. Snyder of ericdsnyder.com. Well, that's original. I'll just name my website after myself. I'm Eric D. Snyder, and I review films. Go to ericdsnyder.com, Steven. Hey, you want to see my review of Blade Runner? Go to Eric D. Snyder. No. (laughs) Methodical and sad. It's a film with plenty of mood, but little emotion. Well made, but frigid, just like my girlfriend. You know what I'm saying, fellas? C plus. Wait. C plus is rotten. He says C plus, and it's still rotten. Eric D. Snyder, the D stands for dick. <laughs> Man, I'm clever, aren't I, Steven? Douche. <laughs> Douche nozzle. Peter Rayner of the Christian Science Monitor says, Blade Runner 2049 is heavy with poor, portentous and pretentious hoo-ha. I give it a C plus, which is rotten. No, it's not, Peter Rayner, you... Douche nozzle. Douche nozzle, yes. Peter D. Raynor. Carlos Boyero of Spain says With the appearance of Harrison Ford, I noticed that the mediocre bars raised a little, but he's late in the film, and that seems eternal to me. <laughs> Fart sound. Says that in parentheses. Okay, he didn't like the movie. Have you noticed that people from Spain and Mexico hated this movie?
1: Yeah, they wanted more Harrison Ford,
0: obviously. Oh, Chuck Bowen of Slant Magazine. Blade Runner 2049 has been made with impeccable craftsmanship and taste, yet the film is so terrified of disreputability that it renders... I'm just proud of myself for getting that word out.
1: Disreputability?
0: Yes, that it renders itself dead from the waist down. Oh, dude, you're a perv. I don't know what you're talking about. Unable to derive pleasure... Even from a theoretically kinky robot three way. Dude, what the hell? You're an asshole. Is this um is he related to what's his name? Uh Harry Knowles. <laughs> I think they need to investigate Chuck Bowen of Slant magazine. He gives it a two out of four.
1: <coughs> two out of four boners.
0: I <laughs> give oh, <yeah>, this one <coughs> a flaccid boner.
1: Ruben Safari oh, just like a no no no. That doesn't work,
0: flaccid boner. <laughs> Dude, that's a contradiction, man. <laughs> Ruben Safaya says, while Blade Runner 2049 succeeds in more complex world building, I mean, it's got cool flying cars, it doesn't achieve a depth of story that couldn't have been told in half the running time. I'm in a hurry. I give it a C. And most of these people who give it better views are just assholes. I mean, that's I'm just reading the review and I'm coming up with that conclusion myself. Phil Villareal Real says plays like a bloated director's cut. I give it a two point five out of four, which means it's rotten. Two point five out of four is what? Beyond average. Yep. Should it be It sounds like a C plus to a B. C One plus. more Stephen. Jim Shembry of three AW whatever the hell that is. Blade Runner two thousand forty nine is breathtakingly dull. He drinks three
1: root beers, A&W.
0: It barely has enough story to cover a 90-minute film, let alone one that runs 164. It's punishingly slow. The performances are sullen and dour. Nobody seems interested in being there. (laughs) Nobody seems interested in being there. The film is a visual bore. 1.5 out of 5. Okay, all I got to say is this. You're wrong in so many ways, and you don't deserve to be a film critic. Nobody even understands what 3AW is, Jim Shimbry, and I hope you burn in hell. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> uh, Leonard Malton says Oh, by the way, Leonard Malton can be found at com. Is that
1: douche nozzle.com?
0: Yes. Leonard Malton says that... There's the same
2: zaniness, the same big sight gags, and the same frenetic race-to-the-finish climax.
0: Oh, okay. I admire the hard work that went into this film by a team of people who are devotees of the original and strove to do it justice. Fans and admirers will weigh in en masse, I'm sure. But I found Blade Runner 2049 long and boring... Leonard Malton saying ain't so Oh my god. That means I'm no longer a fan of you, you dickhead.
2: <laughs> Incidentally he's terrific. Oh thank you.
0: I take it all back. I love you. Alright, Steven, so some people found the movie boring, which I <laughs> does not compute in my brain. Does it compute in your brain?
1: I understand where some people will see that.
0: Yeah but to call it They're, just
1: those people would be in my opinion boring people <laughs>
0: there's yeah there's a new michael fassbender movie coming out called the snowman next week and it looks pretty cool it's about a serial killer who does snowman or something i don't really know your
1: head off and puts a snowman head on top of your body
0: now all the reviews aren't in right now it's 24 percent rotten seven fresh 22 rotten and uh I just wanted to read a couple because I want to generally see this, but I want to see what's wrong. Nicholas Barber of BBC.com says Take away all the Scandi-Noir signifiers, padding, woolly jumpers, Volvos, frozen fjords, and lots and lots of bridges, and the snowman just melts away, leaving nothing but a puddle. And I'm like, Is this all there is? What's all this then? One out of five I could not... <laughs> Jonathan Pyle of Empire Magazine says a case of missed opportunity. it references all the right films, but the snowman comes off as a pale imitation. I give it a two point five out of no wait, I give it a two out of five. I give the popcorn a two point five out of five, if you know what I mean, Stephen. Now I'm going to have some bangers and mash. as it were Wow.
1: I could go for some bangers and mash.
0: Stefan Pape says of hey you guys Given the caliber of those behind this picture, it's impossible not to expect a film that transcends expectations to subvert the formula rather than imbide so frustratingly by it. I give it a 1 out of 5. I'm angry. Okay. One more. Matthew Turner of news.co.uk says, A Scandi crime, Scandinavian crime thriller, as Scandinavian crime thrillers grow, as Scandinavian crime thrillers go, The Snowman is something of a washout, <laughs> lacking anything resembling thrills, chills, or suspense. It is, in a word, abominable. Get it? Snowman Steven? One out of five, and I've just been fired. Oh, he deserved it for that. Yes. Yes. All right, guys. That was let's read Rotten Tomatoes. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and I will see you right after this. And then we're gonna play a voicemail. <laughs> what do you think of that, Stephen?
1: I'd love to hear a
0: voicemail. Thank you. Good night. Here all week. Try the veal and see. You. Sorry, I had to clear my throat, everyone. And guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. This is Entertainment Landfill News. I, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to apologize to you guys for the delay in shows. We, needed it. we wanted to get back to it, believe me. I wanted to do a show. I wanted to talk about Blade Runner. I want to talk about the Star Wars trailer. I want to talk about other things. I want to complain about things. I want to talk about Harvey Weinstein with you guys. He wants
1: to do bad imitations of British people reading reviews.
0: Yes, exactly. I want to talk about Harry Knowles and what a scumbag he is. But <laughs> I just didn't get to Pretty until hard. now. And now enough time has passed where... I'm not really interested in talking about that. We all know he's a sleazebag, right? Hopefully, uh, ain't cool news goes away forever. The guy is a douche. He likes to grab and pop women. Uh, I think we learned in kindergarten to keep our hands to ourselves. At least yes. I did. Uh, apparently he didn't, he didn't get the memo and now he's going to suffer for it as he should because he's dick. And I like to, don't want to toot my own horn here. But that's legal. I'm telling myself I can do that. I have permission. Uh, I've always thought that Harry Knowles was a douchebag. We always have. We've talked about it. Yeah. Pretentious douche nozzle who is a narcissist and only talks about himself and pats himself on the back for all of his movie knowledge and collectibles he has. Well, he'll soon be having to hawk all those to pay the bills. (laughs) Hey, I'm not one to... Swim in the oceans of Schadenfreude, as they say. Nobody says that. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But I do not revel in someone's misery. But I do. Uh, I do have a sense of justice, and I think someone who has wronged other people maybe deserves to pay for his sins, as it were. If I were to speak in that manner. About such things, which I don't usually talk like that on this show, but I just wanted to get that out there because, you know, I don't really talk about sex scandals or guys who are rapists and stuff on this show. But obviously people like Harry Knowles, people like uh, Harvey Weinstein exist in this world. And unfortunately, a lot of women have had to deal with these assholes. I mean, we've always heard about the casting couch in Hollywood. Oh, the casting couch, women have to, those women are victims. And we just kind of, it exists. Unfortunately, these assholes exist. Nothing we can do about it. But what if we could do something about it? What if we all tell everyone who these people are? And that's a great thing. If women start coming out and saying these assholes did this and I think we're going to keep seeing those dominoes getting knocked Ooh, over. Women
1: and children and men they, even. We even heard that seen it, you
0: the heard? guy who does honest trailers, I can't remember his name, Andy Signor. I think I just yeah. remembered his name. I don't know how I recalled that. Cause I didn't know who he was before. Apparently he's one of those guys who creepily stalks women and texts them and makes them feel. I
1: saw that the Dawson got sexually harassed too.
0: Yes. A lot of, some men came out and said yeah. that, uh, Terry, Terry Crews, uh, p- People in positions of power can take advantage of people. And I've talked about this with Heather. I have sisters. You know, a lot of these politicians, I have a wife. I have daughters. This sickens me. But I I will take this further. I have a daughter. Luckily, nothing like this has happened to her. Okay? I have a wife. hopefully won't. I have a wife. I have sisters. All of them have stories of creepy men. They all do. Just ask. You have a sister. You have a mom. All women, and it's sad, have creepy man stories where some man seemed friendly and then all of a sudden he made them feel really uncomfortable quickly. <laughs> Maybe put a hand in the wrong spot or said something, called him baby or something. Men are creeps, man. It just, <laughs> it's just, it's disturbing and it's, it makes me want to apologize. And I don't feel like I did anything. It made me, uh, look back in my life. Have I ever done anything? I've always kept my hands to myself. I could think of one incident where I upset a female at MJ designs. And this is why, and it had nothing to do with, uh, she had a boyfriend who drove a DeLorean. He drove a DeLorean and he'd show up at night and, uh, in the DeLorean and me and Alex would be like, dun 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 marty Doc, and they're like hey uh, your boyfriend doc brown's out there for you and we thought it was funny cuz he drove a delorean yeah one day she's crying and i'm like and she goes you guys just won't stop and i'm like what i'm sorry the Debactive future thing is not funny he drives a delorean so what and i'm like Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I did not know. We're just being dorks. I didn't mean anything. I'm so sorry. Like super apologetic. We just thought it was hilarious. He drove a DeLorean. We're kind of geeking out about it. I did not mean to hurt anyone's feelings. (laughs) You know me. I'm not the kind of person who's like super outgoing. I'm even kind of shy. I immediately turned red. I felt horrible. I apologized profusely. I'm an idiot, you know? And luckily, she was like, it's okay. And I never made fun of that Dorian again. Trust me. I thought it was cool. He drove into and I. She took it the wrong way, right. which she had every right to. She doesn't know who what these two dumbasses are talking about. All she knows is every night when her boyfriend comes to pick her up, here come the two dorks talking about Back to the Future again. And I can imagine her being like, oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're like, Marty! Marty! and we're doing that and she's just probably like i hate them so much and she (laughs) she had every right to am i right i just feel bad about it and uh luckily i apologize luckily she let me have it one day and i remember telling alex go dude we need to stop that and he goes stop what the back to the future thing she was crying in the break room He's like, really? Why? And I was like, because obviously it's upsetting to her. When she thinks we're making fun of her. No, we're not making fun of her. I know we're not, but she thinks we are. <laughs> and he's just like, dude, 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 I got to go tell, talk to Yeah, go apologize. So uh, we may have been like, Doc, Marty, look under her <laughs> breath. We're <laughs> still doing it. Just not Quiet, aware. very quietly. <laughs> but we're dorks, so... I don't even remember that girl's name, but I'm so sorry. And obviously, we meant nothing. We're just idiots. We're just idiots. So anyway, upon reflection, I think I'm a better man now.
1: (laughs) You would still do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we have a voicemail from Adam Sexton. Let's check it out.
2: Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. This is Adam Sexton leaving you some voicemail for tonight's show. It's been too long since the last episode, so I'm glad to see you guys recording again. And since the big topic of this episode will be uh, Blade Runner 2049, I will attempt to leave some brief, spoiler-free thoughts uh, for my feedback. Uh, This past month has been so Blade Runner-heavy, and, you know, I loved it. Uh, Paul M. Simon's uh, Future Noir, which is like the making of Blade Runner book, was re-released last month uh, with updated material. I think the last time it came out was like in the mid-90s. Uh, and I bought that with some birthday money. And it's a great read if you're a fan of the film and you haven't read it. Uh, three days before 2049 was released, uh, the local uh, AMC theater played the Final Cut. Uh, I think it was like the Wednesday night, and I was able to go see that, and the final cut is my favorite cut of the film, so coming into 2049, I was really pumped and ready. Um, like most viewers, I was taken in immediately by the look and the sound of the film, and not only evokes the style and the sensations of the original, but it also contains more detail that shows what's happened to that world in the decades since, and many ways that it's decayed uh, even further. Uh, The film score was great for similar reasons. Uh, The cast was pretty much perfect. And specifically, I think it's one of Harrison Ford's finest performances. Uh, While I find Rick Deckard to be an interesting character in the 1982 original, I didn't like him very much. The script for this film and Ford's performance... Manages to redeem him somewhat by the way that Ford emotes in his scenes by not only his dialogue, but by the things that he doesn't say. When he's reunited in a very cruel way with a character uh, that he cared about in the first film, he doesn't say much. All you have to do is just study his face and you can see love and regret and confusion and sadness just wash all over his face uh, all these feelings that have manifested after all of these years
0: scene was amazing by the way
2: uh, one of the big criticisms of the film is that the plot's not very deep that you don't have to do very much work to understand it and i guess i can understand that to a certain point but 2049 doesn't have a big mystery to solve with the characters or their nature it just pretty much wears its heart on its sleeve, and that's one of the film's great achievements, in my opinion. Uh, This is a story about the nature of uh, empathy and how its characters hold on to it. And to finish this point, I'll recite a small Twitter thread that I found uh, by a user named Manuel Alejandro, and it goes like this the biggest endorsement of the film is that i cried for most of it it's such a human film the original i had to work to find its heart the scene where we meet joy in the apartment and how kay and her live together reminded me of my boyfriend and i living together in mexico a contradiction that is tolerated but seen as unnatural and impossible yet they don't care they still search for happiness in life And then the idea that in the end, a certain character spends her life creating the best, most authentic, and happiest moments for her people. This movie is filled with so much love, and it will stay with me forever. One last thing. The test to identify if replicants are baseline. When Kay fails the second time, I started to cry. My brother was with me, and he asked me while I was crying, and I told him... That the test is obviously designed to detect trauma. The words were hurting Kay because he knew everything that was suddenly real, and in spite of what he had been told, what he felt was still real, and that was the actual miracle. The movie is not designed to be figured out, it's designed to feel. It's about empathy <clears throat> at its core. <clears throat> and uh, that's the end of that uh, twitter thread but that was a uh a take on the film that pretty much stuck with me and uh i love this movie i'm gonna try to go see it again this weekend and uh yeah i look forward to hearing whatever comments you guys have about it and uh like i said before i'm glad that you're recording again can't wait to hear what other topics you're talking about and uh jason still holding on for uh chuck season three recaps i know you do it man Let's let's get on to it. (laughs) Anyway, um, I'm going to keep it like that, uh, and I'll just sign off. Uh, I will be in the chat room to listen in, and you guys, uh, you know, have a good time uh, recording the show, and have a good time this week with your families. Uh, Everybody, take care of themselves. Chicky leader, bye. All
0: right, Adam. Thank you so much. Yeah, you uh, put Z's during our reunion uh conversation kind of hurt her feelings but thanks for sending that voicemail appreciate it you know
1: thanks adam
0: i know it seems like we have no emotions we're like replicants but it's not yeah. true
1: we've had trauma
0: do i not bleed
1: i do after seeing these people for 30 years i was traumatized
0: <laughs> uh Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. Adam, thank you for that voicemail. If you guys want to send a voicemail, send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com. Record it on your smartphone. Use it as an attachment and send it on to us and we will play it on the show. Also, if you'd like to visit etlandfill.com, you can get all of our old shows just re-upped for another year, Stephen. Yep. I said it costs like $2. That was wrong. It does not. It costs $12. Still not bad for a year, right? Uh, So go to etlandfill.com. If you look on the right, you'll find links to Twitter, Facebook. But most of all, you will find our show archive of all of our shows from the beginning of time. Also, if you'd like to support the show, feel free to visit Patreon. Patreon.com slash landfill where you could donate a buck and support the show and keep it going keep us moving recording shows Uh, I can't wait to record some more I can't wait to see the next few films that are coming out especially you know Ragnarok, Thor (laughs) Star Wars but guys we'll be around for that I'm definitely going to I don't care what Bill's doing we've already got our (laughs) tickets for Star Wars (laughs) yeah Bill's going to record a Star Wars reaction with us I don't care what happens guys thank you so much for listening to the show Steven, what are you waiting for? Get out there. Uh, watch some, um... Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before I go, I just I talked about this on the Facebook earlier. There's a new series on Netflix. And it's called Mindhunter. It's produced and directed by David Fincher. I doubt he directs all the episodes. He directs the first movie. If you like Zodiac, it looks like Zodiac. Okay? Sure. It's about the, in the 70s, the FBI, they're trying to deal with these weird, the serial killer phenomena, these people killing people in strange ways. They don't, they can't use their old knowledge uh, and detective skills to figure out the motivations, etc. So they come up with the idea, hey, let's go talk to these psychos, these people, and see what's going on in their brains and see if we can figure out what wow, they function yes and the first episode i was riveted I, I can already tell i love this show i can't wait to watch it all it's got some disturbing shit of course but it's so well made conversations of two guys smoking a cigarette in a diner just talking is amazing it's just rich dialogue i love it looks fantastic watch it I know I'm going to binge the shit out of this this weekend so what are you guys waiting for get out there watch go see Blade Runner because it only made a little bit of money last weekend and it needs mil. it needs to make some more millions so we get a sequel because I want to see what Gaff's doing in the third movie right <laughs> I'm kidding but anyway I think we should reward this piece of art with some cash money right I mean, I'm going to go see it again, and then it's I'm done. I can't do anything more to help you, Blade Runner. i have
1: seen it twice, plus you brought <laughs> your wife and daughter to it.
0: I've seen things you would people wouldn't believe. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show and all that stuff. Steven, thank you for joining me again and talking about this stuff. Guys, what are you waiting for? Get out there and watch Blade Runner. Watch this uh, show on Netflix I just talked about called Mindhunter. Play some video games or whatever and then we'll see you next time! Woohoo! Red right, Steven! Yo! Boom goes the dynamite and all that stuff! <laughs> oh
1: I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain, time to die.
0: Now this is podcasting.